0: Hey, what's up, guys? This is Ryan White on Happy Hour with Ryan. Uh, we're going to get started with episode 16. I'll bring it to you a little early this morning, and I'm headed to uh, the barber shop, which uh, I don't know if you've seen the picture on social media lately, but I'm now growing out a little beard, if you will, uh, jumping on the boss beard train. <laughs> and uh, But got a lot of compliments, uh, appreciated from all you guys. Um I've stated I've looked more distinguished and whatnot and look really good with it on. So I'm, I'm going to ride that for a while <laughs> and uh, whatnot. But, um, man, what a fun-filled, packed Labor Day weekend we had. So uh, congratulations to our aunt and uncle Bill and Shirley Souter 60-year anniversary. Uh, so glad we got to attend that uh, this past weekend. Uh, missed the pandemic, what's going on? Uh, very safe, but it's a good time to just be with family. And um, uh, those two, I tell you, um, just great in the community and what they what they do. Um, good and great role models. Um, you know, families looked up to, friends have looked up to um, and also colleagues. So uh, just a tremendous celebration, Uh, Offered words of wisdom to uh, me and my wife, Jennifer, Um, because we were actually the youngest married couple there, but uh, they were just stating how proud they were of me and, um, you know, the great job my mom did, you know, raising me, you know, as a single parent. So yeah, kudos to them. Uh, Sunday, headed to see uh baby dean so greg and andrea uh, it was awesome um uh, being over at their home uh, we did social distance stayed outside um uh, but i had a drink and just conversated for a couple hours uh, it was great to see them really haven't seen them since the wedding uh in new orleans but um uh, it was really cool uh they have a cute little baby boy um yeah, yeah, that was really cool. And then we um, saw our friends, the Hoovers. Uh, kind of stayed outside, um, and, and, and like I said, been a while. And that's the first time. It's funny when we were leaving, they were saying uh, that, "Oh, first time we've seen you guys as a married couple," which is crazy. Um, and then in the night, my cousin Ambiance came down from Hot Springs. Uh, we were going to jump on the Xbox, but we just sat there and uh, we watched uh, Lovecraft Country. I don't know if I talked about it on a, one of the other podcasts, but great show if you haven't checked it out. It's on HBO. Um, really, really good show. Uh, it kind of infuses science fiction and a little horror suspense, if you will. Um, it's actually done by J.J. Abrams and Jordan Peele. Did not know Jordan Peele. Um uh, I knew he was doing the Twilight Zone. But uh, but yeah, you guys should check it out. Uh, they're about four episodes in. Uh, really, really, really good show. And then ended Monday at our uh, Friends We Made um, uh, back... Yeah, it was Memorial Day, actually. Memorial, Memorial Day weekend. Uh, Susan and Rachel, thank you so much for the hospitality, as always. A uh, great pool party to kind of end the summer on a good note. Uh, we had a good get together and um, I do want to plug something in don't want to give too much out just kind of want to tease a little bit but they are actually starting a company here uh, in the first quarter of 2021 uh, Dandelion Home and Garden actually you can check it on social media uh, they do have an Instagram page but they're going to be uh, uh, based around mostly plants for the most part I believe um and they have some really good stuff. I can't wait for them to open it up. It's going to be awesome. Proud of them. They, they, they've been working hard around the clock. Um, uh, they, they had a uh, booth at Bella Restina and Conway. And they plan to do another one, I believe, in November. So if you're up that way at the, uh, the Conway Expo Center, check that out in November. Bella Restina, uh, Dandelion. Uh, coming, soon. Uh, coming soon. Coming soon. Coming soon. Coming soon. So it's gonna be really, really cool deal there. All right, so I know you guys are ready. Uh NFL kicks off tonight. We got Chiefs versus Texans. So uh, the Defending Super Bowl champs uh kick off here 2021, uh, 2020 season at home. And uh 720 NBC, you know the deal. They are actually a nine-point favorite. Uh, going in tonight. I don't think that line has changed any. And then shifting to Sunday, we got Patriots, Dolphins, uh, new look. Uh, no no more uh, Tom Brady, but we got uh, Cam Newton uh, at quarterback. Uh, they're a six point and a half uh, favorite. Uh, noon there. And I did not know they were playing each other this early, but actually uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers head to the Big Easy down in New Orleans to face uh, Drew Brees and the Saints, and this is the first matchup between a uh, Brady and Brees. Um, we we kind of wanted to see that a couple years ago in the Super Bowl. It didn't happen, but now we get an early preview um, uh, with them being in the same division, so they're going to play each other twice. So that's going to be really interesting. Uh, New Orleans is a three and a half point favorite, and then my boys, them Cowboys, y'all ready, Cowboy Nation, going it up, uh, heading to Los Angeles, to face the Rams. A seven twenty kickoff Sunday night. Uh, we are a three point favorite. I don't think that line has changed either. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be some 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 good NFL games. Kind of kick us off for the twenty twenty season. Uh, to see how that's gonna go so uh, and I watched um, Saturday Caught one of the college games that aired uh, it was Eastern Kentucky and Marshall out of West Virginia and there was a few fans there um, I think a lot of or some of the teams are trying to get about 20 20 15 and 20 percent capacity. Um, 10 to 12,000 fans, which that still sounds like a lot, but I know some of these stadiums feel, you know, 40, 50, 60, and up in the 100,000 mark. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's interesting time with everything going on. Uh, before we do a brief introduction to our guest this week, I do want to apologize. There was a controversial post I actually shared and uh, I, I immediately like as soon as I saw it I was like okay there's a little bitty part of me is like I uh, don't know if I should post but I went ahead it was like a probably 98% uh, side of me that wanted to post it so I did and uh, it was something to the effect of and I've deleted since then but um, about you know if you've been around me the last 14 days um you know you might catch uh the sexy contagiousness for, you know i'm you know basically i'm sexy this and that and the other and there's a few people that you know they were like oh like we get it it was you know the the humor behind it but you know it's not really the joke around i guess because of the COVID, you know virus which you know is so deadly um it's been going on now six plus months and um yeah, you know, I think most people know I'm just not that type of person. Um, like I was hitting on last week with Chad with Bozeman. A lot of people didn't know he was actually sick from having cancer. And he was looking real skinny, and people were making fun of him. And I know I'm not that type of person. I've never been to just make fun of somebody because you never know what somebody's going through. But, and I don't know if that's not necessarily a correlation with what I posted, but. I was you know Taking a step back Okay well You know may, Maybe shouldn't have posted But you know Some people are like You know It is your Facebook It is your right to post Whatever true We got that, that 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 freedom there Um But you know I know some people Are dealing with certain things Uh Trying to cope with certain situations Not really cool Um And I know mental health Is Is really bad Um you know some people that, that do have that so uh definitely do want to apologize sincerely um it wasn't mean out of you know it wasn't anything out of spite or anything and i think like i said a lot of people um know you know not trying to please anybody not trying to be cool i think my resume speaks for himself you know um i'm not trying to impress anybody it was just something i saw and i was just trying to bring some light you know it's so much going on you know but um Yeah, social media, you know, we're living a different time where, uh, you know, you can, you know, if you're on Twitter, those 120 characters or how 140, however many it is, you know, when you hit submit, it's out there, you know, it's out there. So just, you know, being mindful of what what we post and then some people don't care. They just kind of, you know, throw out whatever. So just wanted to touch on that. Well, our guest this week comes to us uh, by way of uh, the Dardanelle area here in Arkansas. And I'm talking about Corey Thone. Um, yeah, it was a great podcast. Um, definitely uh, stay tuned to last maybe 10 minutes of the podcast. You definitely want to tune in. Uh, it's got a, a strong message there. But anyway, we get into... Um, him growing up in the the Darnier area, um, also uh, some things I didn't know uh, involving one of the celebrity golfers that, that's from Arkansas. You, you'll love that, and uh, we've gotten to some talking about Arkansas sports. Uh, you know the programs. Um, you know, you know why the decline of lately and what's going on, and then the ups and downs in, in the in the nine early nineties uh, when Arkansas was on top. Uh, for about a year or so um, there. But uh, we highlight several different things. And also take a look at his career um, and everything. And, uh, yeah, he's got a lot to say. So on deck next on Happy Hour with Ryan is Corey Thone on this week's show.
1: Corey. Hey,
0: man. How do I sound? Man, you sound fantastic. What's going on?
1: Man, not much. Just... Sorry, I was late, man. Uh, it's short week and shit. It's just got my brain fried. I was, when you messaged me, mm-hmm. I thought about 10 minutes later, I was like finishing up. <laughs> I was cooking because I just got, I beat I my wife home because yeah. she was pick up the dog. And so I was like, oh, yeah, I'll get dinner going, hun. And I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> man,
0: you be throwing down on the grill. Tell us a little bit, man. Uh, and I, your brother's a chef, right?
1: He is. Are we recording now?
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's on. It's on. Oh, it's
1: damn. We just, we just hop right in. <clears throat> we, we
0: just hop right in, buddy. We just hop right in. <laughs> yeah. No,
1: my brother, my brother is a chef. He went to a culinary and hospitality program in Arkansas Tech. He just did a two-year degree there. Um, he got where he is by skill and by work ethic because he – you know I mean, let's be honest uh you know someone says, oh, "I got my culinary degree from Arkansas Tech. they're like, "Great, so you make hot dogs or what but no he <laughs> he got it. he got an internship at uh big cedar lodge uh basically okay. a, basically in Branson it's soup that's a super yeah. fancy that's where like rich Yankees go to pretend they're camping and <laughs> <laughs> they uh It's like they even I swear to God, like when it's not summer, like in the fall and in the spring Mm -hmm. and stuff, they have a campfire outside of the main like uh, lobby check in place. And they have a local musician dress up like a cowboy and they'll come and do campfire songs and they'll bring out s'mores and cider and stuff for people like it's real. It's really ridiculous. But the restaurants there are excellent. They have four on the property and that's where he did his internship. And then they hired him after the internship and he did a few years there ended up mm-hmm. back in Springdale uh at the Springdale Country Club as the sous chef which is like the assistant okay. chef and then oh,
0: very cool
1: and then the, the the executive chef bounced after like three months of him being there and they just promoted him so at like 25 or whatever he was an executive chef at a club and now he's the head chef of a catering company up there so
0: holy crap man that, that's that's fantastic and awesome <laughs> so he just shot on up through the roof there
1: Yeah, he, he did. He's, I mean, he's only 30 and he's been a head chef now for like three or four years. And I mean, he's really got a lot of opportunity where he's at Uh, just that, you know, the food industry right now, obviously is hurting in Mm. COVID and stuff, but luckily um, he was on salary with the catering place that he works for as the head chef. And, and they, they got a lot of small contracts for like hospitals and stuff to keep them afloat. So he's been pretty lucky. I have as well. So. Yeah, yeah, most definitely, man.
0: So, uh, and I don't know if you you tune in. So, podcast basically, you know, kind of getting to know our community around us uh, better time now than ever with so much going on. So, uh, and you had an interesting, intriguing story. We want to get to that. Uh, But kind of tell us uh, first kind of where where you're born and raised there.
1: Well, I was uh, raised in Dardanelle, Arkansas, which is... Right in the middle of the river valley, I would say it's it's about directly between Fort Smith and Little Rock. If you're familiar with uh, right. the state at all, uh, the right next to Russellville, which is a bigger town, and that's where Arkansas Tech is, where me, and my brother went, and where my wife went for her undergrad. And um, yeah, it's a it's a neat place to be from. My dad, my dad was a uh, farmer for most of my life, row crops, a lot of soybeans and corn, a little bit of wheat, a little bit of rice. Never did any cattle or chickens or anything just you know a couple thousand acres in yale county my mom was a second grade teacher for about 33 years so kind of a blue collar background but at the same time yale county is a very um i don't want to call it a impoverished county or anything but it's not Mm -hmm. it's not a wealthy county so i mean having two working parents with stable jobs like that was a blessing for sure most a lot of my friends didn't have that that growing up so uh it's a really it's a tough place. I think about ninety percent of the school is on free or reduced lunches. So,
0: oh wow, wow, that's an interesting statistic there. Uh, so, so, and, and you grew up appreciating definitely uh, uh, growing your own food uh, back in the day. That was the thing to do. Do you do that now?
1: You know, now we don't. We've talked several times about getting a planter box. The soil here. I live in Kansas now, outside of Kansas City in Lawrence. Uh, my mm-hmm. wife got. My wife ended up going to. The University of Kansas to get her PhD in English, and that's how we okay. ended up up here. Uh, yep. The soil here in our backyard is really rocky. It's not; it wouldn't be great for a garden. A lot of people here have planter boxes. We've thought, we've talked several times about building one um, to at least do small things like, you know, basil and cilantro and mint and stuff. But uh, we we haven't done that yet because we're lazy and also, it, I mean, it's kind of a pain in the butt. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, it is. It's a lot of work.
1: <laughs> and honestly, the two things that that we would grow, we would want, my wife would want to grow the most. would be like watermelon and okra, and you really can't grow those here. It's not, the the temperature is not good for that. Like, we can't, you really can't get okra in Kansas. When we come home over the summer, we always hit the farmer's market and, and come back with a huge bag of okra, just because, mm-hmm. or or her grandpa, sometimes her grandpa has a garden with some okra in it. Either way, we stock yeah. up.
0: <laughs> yeah, man, and, and man, they've got some really, really good, um, local stands here uh in little rock and my mail man just fantastic uh we mm-hmm. try, try to support them as much as possible mm-hmm. there's one in my mail they got stuff from like uh fort smith uh
1: rogers
0: kind of that northwest area uh man different like jams jellies yeah you like, always got to awesome keep an products.
1: eye out for the mennonites man that's those are the folks that bring the real shit like the minute <laughs> if you can find a <laughs> mennonite stand with those ladies with the bonnets and stuff man that's that's where you know nothing you get there's gonna be bad. Like the Yale County has a decently sized Mennonite population, and they they have a stand in both Russellville and Dardanelle, and not yeah. just for veggies, but like last time we were there, I got a, a loaf of their jalapeno cheddar bread and some of their mm-hmm. honey, and in the and sometimes they even have like butter and cream and stuff if they if the weather's not too hot. So. And they have a little store in Belleville, which we used to go to. I don't know if they still have that store or not, but it's mm-hmm. uh man. Yeah, that's that's the real. You know, they're doing that by hand. So that's yeah. that's
0: churning yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and turning. <laughs> and, and uh, so speaking of and, and uh, correct me in front. So a fa- couple of famous people from that area, John Daly and Corliss Williamson.
1: Yeah, uh, John Daly. Actually, uh, I don't know I probably haven't told you this story. Um, mm-hmm. John Daly's my next door neighbor back home. Like, wow. I, could, I could throw a rock and hit his house. It's no kidding. we you know, my dad was a farmer, but my mom, <laughs> this is a funny story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, my mom, when they were looking to buy a house, they had a place in, uh, I guess you say, kind of south of Dardanelle. Mm-hmm. And then a place uh, a lot north of Dardanelle they were looking at building it. And yeah. the one south of Dardanelle would have had space for like cows. My dad was thinking he might do half row crops, half cows, mm-hmm. but it was on a dirt road. And my mom was just like, look, I don't want to live on a dirt road. <laughs> like yeah. if, it's, if it's at all possible, I really just don't want that to be a yeah. thing that I do all the time. Because she really, my mom is very, uh, I mean, prissy is not the right word necessarily, mm-hmm. but she... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know she really was just not about dirt that's not her thing she was not camping she was not hiking and uh i mean she was a she was an athlete but she was not into that and so we ended up buying the lot it's next to like a nine hole public golf course in Dardanelle. and okay. then in like 2002 John Daly bought it and bought the house across the street from us moved in and that's where he set up shop cuz he he didn't like being in the city his wife at the time was from memphis and And he really didn't like being in Memphis. He didn't like being in the city. He liked to visit, but not live. He wanted to get away from it all, you know, and come back home. So, uh, and then Corliss and my cousin Ryan played uh, ball together in Rustaville. And so okay. so whenever I have – when Corliss was coaching at UCA, I was in Conway, and I would run into him at, like, Zaxby's all the time because that's where oh, the cool wow. kids would go. Yeah. And I, I would say, hey <laughs> – I, I, about the third time I saw him, he was like, oh, yeah, you're Ryan's cousin. I was like, yeah. <laughs> so, like, he he knew my cousin. <laughs> he, um,
0: knew you, he knew you then. <laughs> they're
1: also from Dardanelle, uh, obviously Tom Cotton, the, <clears throat> the senator. And then uh, another <laughs> – we won't get into yeah. that shit. And then uh, right, also right. James Lee Witt from Dardanelle. He was the director of FEMA under Bill Clinton. He ran for, I worked on his congressional oh, wow. campaign when he ran for Congress in 2014. Uh, great guy as well. So yeah, lots of but, I don't know what's in the water down there, but it makes people want to go public.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cause I, and and I didn't know so I moved up here. Of course, Williamson actually he he's one of the the one of the rare people. So he won uh I don't know if you heard about it. And I didn't hear about it till uh, I moved up here and they just re like uh brought it back uh the King Cotton Classic. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he blocked Jason Kidd's uh, shot right. I i i guess maybe at the buzzard or,
1: or yeah, uh, it, that's yeah. the that's the famous story. Is he i mean, and they said that they say that ball is still traveling through the air to this day. That he <laughs> he slapped it. I think it's i think he slapped it off the backboard and it like My went it went God. all the way down to the other end of the court before it bounced. It was just yeah, that guy was a freak, man. He was Corliss was I mean, he was Gatorade All-American first team in high school. He was a if this is probably before you had, you know, 93 or he was recruited in what, 92, 93. Right. So mm-hmm. 91, 92 in that range. So yeah. he like this is before they had, you know, rivals and stuff. You really just kind of mm-hmm. had. Mm-hmm. You know, your regional recruit, but if they'd have had that, he'd have been a five star power forward for sure. He was just a freak. And, yeah. you know, to have that kind of local kid in Russellville was a big deal. And him to be such a nice, like such a down to earth, nice person. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. also for him just to shut down recording as a junior or recording. Excuse me. I'm looking at the word recording yeah. <laughs> to shut right. down recruiting as a junior and just say, I'm going to be Razorback. I've wanted Razorback my whole life. I don't there's don't even bother. Don't you can you can call me. I'm I'll answer but I'm not going anywhere else. And he wanted to play for Nolan and that was yeah. I mean that's just that's that rare air right there. And then of course he leads the hogs to a championship. So and I kind truly, of truly truly a legend.
0: Yeah, and I kind of want to touch on that next man. 90, 1994 truly probably I look at it as one of the biggest years for Arkansas uh Bill Clinton less than 2 years prior becomes president. And mm-hmm. the hogs win the national title against Duke. Man, tell, tell us, emotion, emotional time. Obviously, uh, I mean, for everybody in the state, mm-hmm. uh, how did you feel when that happened? I, I mean, because it's one of the rarest <laughs> things to happen at that time. You're like you're on you're you're on top pretty much.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was I was eight years old, mm-hmm. or what was I, was I nine? Yeah, eight or nine. I can't do math, but um, <laughs> I was born in eighty in October of eighty six, so I'd have been been 8 I guess or 9 whatever. So anyway <laughs> 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 Anyway, yeah, I remember it very distinctly cuz uh, I stayed up to watch the game uh, yeah. and on the whole final four run I was I was watching the yeah. game with my folks and we would have, you know, uh f- friends over or we would go to go to our neighbor's house who had a pool and uh, mm-hmm. uh we weren't swimming at the time obviously, but like I I yeah. always liked to hang out. We would sit outside to watch the games and yeah. Um that season two, I went. We went to a couple games with like in okay. groups, and so I was I caught some of that 94 and 95 teams. I still have those memories, and uh, yeah, whenever we won in 94, uh, it was the whole house we had about eight people at the house just went crazy, yeah. And then losing, I actually have a better memory of 95 of mm-hmm. like not bet it's not the memory's not better, but like mm-hmm. a more clear memory of where I was and what I was doing in 95 when we lost to UCLA. Mm-hmm. Uh, because my mom. Got was crying and stuff. We were also bummed yeah. up. <laughs>
0: yeah, and, and man, I guess I didn't really remember it. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm a Florida Gators fan, but I, I just remember like you guys had a chance to repeat. And I know we did ninety, or excuse me, 06-07, uh, mm-hmm. the same lineup. And you had that chance, man. Got to be heartbreaking to you know get all the way and again. Well,
1: and, and the thing is too is that we had no business being there. We were not the same team. That team was not uh, yeah. as good. That we went yeah. into. I think we finished. I don't. I don't know. I don't think we won the SEC tournament. I don't think we won the SEC. I think Kentucky did that year. Right. Um, I think we were like a four seed, maybe five. Okay. Uh, and yeah. and we just up we upset teams left and right to get mm-hmm. there. Just went on a mm-hmm. hot streak. I mean, we had guys. Yeah. We had Corliss. You had Scott. I mean, Corliss. And, uh, and a few other guys that were back from that team mm-hmm. the previous year. So they knew what they were doing, but the it wasn't that same five. And it wasn't like Florida where it was like, you know, in 07, it, yeah, they're the best team in the country probably again because right. Arkansas was not that. They were not the preseason number one like they were in 94. Um, but it was, yeah, it was still a lot of fun. It was a fun era for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, most definitely, man. So,
0: uh, let's transition. So, uh, you're, you're in high school. A few years later, uh, mm-hmm. what kind of student were you in high school? Uh, you, you're always in the books, <laughs> or kind of just uh, you know, I can, I can, you know, pass <laughs> with with, with, with a C average, or
1: uh, I, I was B, I was B plus. I should have been an A. I was lazy. Yep. I, I was one of those kids you see people talking about it on social media now the 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 gt kids that underachieved in school um that was me i definitely should have been getting a's i had like a three two five i had enough to this is before the lottery scholarship but i had enough to get uh, the arkansas challenge scholarship and um you know but i I had a three two five but i made like a 26 seven on the act or something ah, so if it wasn't wow. for the math i would have done a lot better i did in the 30s in the english and the history and stuff but i just i'm just not good at math as i said earlier and uh mm-hmm. but it was it was still you know i was okay i was i was captain of the basketball team i started two years on the football team and uh you know it was i was an athlete uh, i was also in some academic stuff it was a pretty small school um looking back I, I feel like my grade in particular there there we didn't have any cool kids in my grade we had a couple guys that thought they were cool but everybody made fun of them <laughs> yeah. um, the grades there were grades below us that had legitimate cool kids. I remember mm-hmm. even when they were sophomores I was like, oh yeah that kid's cool <laughs> like, that's, that's not me <laughs> so we, we were all just a bunch of dorks and uh, and really lame honestly like the grade above me and the grade below me had way better parties our grade not to not to make it sound like a bad thing but our grade had a really heavy like youth group vibe like a lot oh. of a lot of kids were in the god squad super hardcore i mean myself included to an extent okay and so and so like it was it wasn't the best parties like it was lame uh the the, the juniors party way better than us <laughs> <laughs> so, so
0: was Mark because let's see, Marcus
1: Marcus was uh, a year above me. His class was full of problem kids. Um, oh, they,
0: I, could, I could totally see that because I just remember uh, his mom talking to my mom. This was um, years ago. This he might have been in, I don't know if he was in college, yet. maybe he was a senior, but anyway, uh, apparently, through some big bash at, at his parents' house, they were gone, they left him and Derek there for uh, on their own, and they went. Uh, somewhere for their uh anniversary. Yeah. And uh they got back and like yeah, and I heard all yeah. my
1: stories. <laughs> I was there, I was there. <laughs> it, was, yes, yes. it was it was a uh it was a shit show. Um, oh was it oh yeah right. they and to be honest, it it wasn't as bad as, as they would make right. it sound like right. from my perspective. But yeah, they had a party they probably had twenty plus people there. Um everybody was underage and, and of course at that age too you're smuggling whatever shit ball liquor you can get so there's lots of like sour apple pucker being passed around and stuff <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> whatever you could steal from your parents that they wouldn't notice you know and uh it was yes yeah, so everybody it was it was a disaster um it it wasn't a huge party it was just mm-hmm. too big they did you know their house it, it was a it was a three-bedroom home but it was in a cul-de-sac and so they they weren't it was like very stupid you're not gonna get away with this i remember saying yeah. it yeah, Every, your your parents are gonna find out. They're gonna find so, out some kind of way. So yeah. either just have fun or cancel the party. And Marcus was like, "Well, I guess we're just gonna have fun then." So yeah, <laughs> man.
0: I've been in that position, like, uh, oh, should I do this? Should I not?" And then and there, there's there's a little thing peer pressure, and then you want to seem cool, or you know, girl you're talking to is coming, you know. That so was Marcus' like, thing, it Marcus. It like you
1: that. know Marcus. Marcus has been a skirt chaser his whole life. I've and, been
0: doing that for man. Yeah, he would kid. he
1: would sell it. He would sell out his family if it had a chance to talk to a girl for like five minutes oh, that's and, and it,
0: that is, that's yeah
1: funny. i mean look man that's and he knows it and, and i'm not yeah, saying knows, like yeah. that's how he is he's always been he's been that way since like 12 like <laughs> he'd be we'd be at like the peewee, pee-wee football or something yeah. he uh, which he wasn't here in peewee uh-huh. so let me just say let me say like junior high football mm-hmm. if he'd be hanging out with the boys you know and yep. if some girl called, it's like he's up, he's out, he's in the other room, locking the door, like he's yep. on the phone for 30 he would leave us in his bedroom playing PS1 or whatever. Wow. And be on the phone for like 30 minutes with some girl. And it's like, dude, you've got like five people at your house right now. Yeah. Just sell them out. Just sell
0: them out. He was.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So funny. So funny.
0: Oh, uh, so uh uh can tell so uh you know, did you know where you want to go to college, uh your high school? Great. Um, Great. Pretty good. You know, pretty good during ACT score. Um What was kind of in the future for you there?
1: Well, uh, I mean, everybody wants to go to U of A and that yeah. just wasn't a, that wasn't an option. Right. And so I really wanted to go to UCA where my dad went. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, My mom went to Tech. My dad went to UCA mm-hmm. and I uh, Tech gave me a bigger scholarship. And I debated it because I wanted to go to UCA. I wanted to – my dad was a Pike, which to tell you everything you need to know about my dad. Uh, <laughs> hey,
0: and I just go record. Uh, we weren't too fun. I was a Sigma Nu UALR, and we were not fond of the Pikes here. And UCA, Nobody's fond of the Pikes. Nobody, man. <laughs> they were just, and it wasn't just. It wasn't really. It wasn't really. We weren't jealous. like I thought we had pretty good-looking guys, and I was like, we pulled just as many girls, but they were just, like, known as the jock type.
1: Yeah, they were very jockey. Both, at least back when Dad was there. I don't know about now. Yeah. They also were notorious for getting kicked off campus, and so in yeah. 2004, when I was choosing a college, I was like, well, you know, if I go to UCA, I'd be a legacy Pike. I could join the Pike, right? Mm-hmm. And then, and then they got kicked off campus for a year. And I was like, man, nah, fuck it, I'll go not to Tech. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then I, I go to Tech, and I didn't even do Tech at the time. Had a garbage Greek system, and I, yeah. I maybe it's gotten better, but it just it's not the kind of it wasn't the kind of campus. But at the time, there were like five or six thousand kids there. Now they're up to like twelve. I thousand, so
0: up there, but I it's the third biggest so college
1: low. in the state now behind behind the state and uh, and U of A. It's oh, bigger U a. than UCA. That's
0: yeah. crazy. OK, I, I did not know they were they were that low at that time. Uh, they I were
1: super imagine. low. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they you know, I didn't do any Greek there because I was from there. I already knew everybody. So yeah, I didn't need exactly. to be a part. I didn't I didn't need to be a Kappa Sig to go to the Kappa Sig party. I could just call my friends. Hey, yeah, you guys yeah. having a party? <laughs> right,
0: right, right. Let me get you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So and you stay you stayed in the dorms your 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 Mm-mm. first couple of years or you I never up? stayed in the
1: dorm. I stayed yeah. my first year cuz they you know, I think they want you to stay on campus unless you're close enough like your parents are close enough. So my, I'm from Dardanelles. so I stayed at home that first year. I got an apartment okay. in year 2. Okay. Um and then took a uh a semester off. I, my grades. My grades kept getting. My first semester, I was on the dean's list, and then my third semester, I was on the other dean's list. God, where <laughs> I got you. Yep. where yep. they're like, "You better get your shit together." Right. So I actually took a, uh, a semester off, and I uh, worked at Tyson as a forklift operator, loading railroad cars. And I mean, I didn't mind the work, but you know, after about four months i was like i kind of want to go back to school go
0: back to school yeah kind of humble a little bit in some some ass i
1: worked I man i worked some jobs though man like not only just for my dad like i i got a job with terra renewal who's a green waste um company so Mm -hmm. you know when you flush a toilet right like it's got to go somewhere yeah so this company i worked for would cities would pay them to take that stuff out and we would put it in, in the – we would dig these ponds, fill the ponds with shit, and then render it down with chemicals and stuff to where it was non-toxic. And then – so the city's paying us to remove it instead of dumping it in the river. And then farmers, especially with hay fields, would pay us to spread that rendered down – it's just dark black stuff over their hayfields as yeah. fertilizer. So we were getting paid twice. So I was standing in, like, pond, five-foot-deep ponds of shit, <laughs> like, dredging a chain and stuff, you oh, know be- – Like that, that was a job, but man, I got paid. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, that job was a seven day. We'd be on location. I was in Tulsa. I was in uh, Louisiana. I was in Texas. I was in Tennessee two summers. And um, I mean, that job paid per diem seven days a week. And then this was in 2006 and seven, it paid 10 bucks an hour, but you hit 40 hours by Tuesday. And so Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday was 15 an hour. And so, i was i was raking it in
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah so so you're doing this around what a, a-, a- 2021 or yeah
1: a- 19 18 19 to 20 i never was 21 because i could never go to the clubs with them they were always making fun uh-huh. of me because i couldn't get in yeah they snuck me into it this is no shit they snuck <laughs> me into a uh a, a strip club in in alexandria louisiana called the the oriental palace <laughs> and uh they snuck me in there, and they, they, the the lady checking IDs didn't even look at mine. They just walked us all in because we it's a bunch of roughnecks walking in with money, you know. Right, and uh, so they're gonna let them in. And I, that was I got in there, and I was like, I want to leave so badly right now. <laughs> this yeah. is not my scene, <laughs> but I had to stay there for like three hours. I got out of there. I smelled like uh, a combination of uh, hypnotic liquor and Ooh. whatever Alexandria. Ass sweat smells like just it's awful. It was awful. I went
0: down to Louisiana. Was man, it was. It's
1: July. It's July in Alexandria, Louisiana. It's July, and it's like man, there ain't no escaping that humidity. So, oh
0: no, like, no, man, you you, you just swamp <laughs> down in there, man. Just, just 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 with everything coming coming uh every different way. So, um, and 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 so you get back into school and you finish up, and your degree is in communication, broadcast,
1: broadcast journalism,
0: broadcast journalism. Okay, okay.
1: So actually, right out, of, right out of college, I worked for the Buzz, and I did a little freelance work for newspapers and TV stations. Oh wow, neat! Um, yeah, that. I worked. I worked for them for a while, but I mean, honestly, it—I was—I didn't make enough doing any of that to live in Little Rock. So I was living in Dardanelle, okay, commuting to Little Rock four days a week. Oh, to, to do to do overnight overnight board op and then morning uh morning prep for at the time it would have been uh who was doing the morning show at the time freaky joe i guess and then i would also do razorback games i would do board op for the Colin show for like rick with randy and quinn and all those guys so like it was it was a fun job i got to meet a lot of cool people but um after a few months i was like man this sucks and my buddy cam uh got me got me an interview at hewlett packard and conway and i took that job Mm-hmm. and was pretty good at sales it sales you know it wasn't printers and shit i was selling servers and everything and did that for about a year and a half and then got hired by a a different it company in nashville tennessee and so okay. i moved moved to tennessee for about a year how,
0: how did you feel going uh was that on the horizon did you want to leave arkansas
1: and very much so yeah, yeah very much so i I had been uh, planning on leaving for a long time and I was, I took the first opportunity to take me to a city uh, within driving distance. That was a real city because <laughs> yeah, I actually yeah. turned, I actually turned down a job in uh, Austin for the one in Nashville because it Ooh. paid a little more. And, right. um, and I, and who knows what would have happened because when I got to Nashville and I'm not trying to talk ill, not that they'll, not that they'll necessarily hear me or anything, but yeah, yeah they, they lied. They kind of lied to me about what the job was uh, and what my uh, uh, role was going to be. Mm-hmm. And so I, I got there, I was immediately unhappy and I, I was there for a year before me and the rest of it. I mean, it's not even open anymore. Everybody started getting laid off, you know, cause it was, it wasn't what they sold us. And after about a year of being there, I loved Nashville mm-hmm. and I loved living there. I still have some great friends there and I can't wait to visit again when this Rona shit goes <laughs> away or it can at least be maintained. Yeah. But, um, I moved back. I moved back home in 2012. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, decided I went and I was like, man, I really, I love journalism. I love broadcasting. I love being on, like, I really loved radio. I was like, I really loved doing that. Like all throughout college, I did play by play for Russellville and Dardanelle. I wrote for the courier and the post-dispatch and all that stuff. And, um, I, you know that my time in Nashville, I was writing for a blog that a buddy of mine had started. Uh-huh. Um, it, I just I really liked writing, and I really liked sports and reporting. And so I said maybe I should go back. I actually I, I talked with uh, with Justin Angry. They had an opening uh-huh. uh, for a producer yeah. position, and and he, I emailed him and said, hey, can I apply for that job? And he said, you know, he let me apply, and they interviewed me over the phone, and it ended up going to Matt Travis, okay. who was there for a long time anyway. Mm-hmm. And I'd already worked with Maddie before when I was working for the Buzz like two years, three years before that. Right. And um yeah, so Justin told me, hey, we gave it to Matt. We have some positions to find open up. And he said, maybe, you know, you should just try he he basically was like, you should try to find a way to to, to get your foot back into this industry because mm-hmm. you've been out of it for a couple of mm-hmm. years. And I ended up going back to school. Yeah. I went and talked to my Old advisor who had become the head of the journalism department at Tech. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was able to get me, I applied for a grad assistant position. So my school was free and I just had to teach TV classes and stuff. And um, so, yeah, it was, I went and got my master's in multimedia journalism with no loans or anything. And, That was good. And it was in that time that I started dating my wife again. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. 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 So, so, so y'all started dating, Y'all
0: got together. Uh, how, and how was, how was teaching TV class with back just, just a tad bit. How, how, oh, my bad. Te- yeah, oh,
1: you- it was cool. So when I say teaching TV class, I mean like running a running a, a show on the campus right. news network. And it was gotcha. pretty much staffed with freshmen and sophomores. And I'm teaching them how to write scripts, how to aim the camera, how to run the soundboard how to do the videos, like the prepackaged videos and stuff, having them shoot their own content and edit it and everything. Um, It was great. I had a great time. I made some friends there. I still talk to all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a a good time. And I really enjoyed that program at Tech. I would recommend it to anyone interested Mm -hmm. in that because it was very hands-on and its focus is in getting you prepared to work, not getting you prepared with theory or anything mm-hmm. is very ha- it's very hands-on and it very much played into me getting the job that I have now which I love Ye- so. yes and
0: how did that happen uh you got features under <laughs> the, belt with the journalism and everything and uh how did yeah that work
1: out? well uh it once again whenever I left tech I said the one thing that I would not do again was make the mistake I I considered it a mistake where I left the buzz to go work at HP. Uh, Technically, uh, uh, I don't think it was a mistake. I said, I'm not going to just take a job yeah. for the money. Right. So my girlfriend at the time, now my wife, got accepted to KU as a teaching assistant for her PhD, which meant no loans. And she would... Uh, so she would not have to take out any loans to get her PhD here. Nice. And so I followed her here and applied for, I still have them in my inbox just over it's over a hundred. I think it was 112 jobs. Wow. And um, a lot of them were media or media adjacent. Um, I got like 15 callbacks mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> the, when it was all said and done after being, we moved up here at the end of July and it was in October. Uh, so a couple months, of being unemployed. Well, actually, you know what? That's not true. I technically was employed. I was working for Fan sided, which is a collection of fan, re- kind of like uh, SB Nation, fan okay. ran mm-hmm. uh, websites. I was running the Razorback website, and I was writing about 50 to 60 articles a month and making about 60 bucks a month. <laughs> so wow. it was, but I had nothing. It was, it was, fucked. it was fucking awful, yeah, uh, but it yeah. was eventually after a few months of really grinding it out, I was able to get that website up to enough clicks to where I was getting like two or $300 a month. But wow, I mean, that was it. I, I think we had capped, we tapped that out. Like there was, there was no, yeah. I don't see it going any higher anyway. Yeah. That's what I was doing. Uh, And finally got a job offer as a claims adjuster for farmer's insurance. And uh, I took that job and I, Worst job of my life. And I will I, I feel so bad for anyone still doing that job. And uh mm-hmm. they they I was there for like seven or eight months. I was still applying for any job that I could. And I eventually got on um with the state lottery as a social media manager, which was a new position that they had created. And uh yeah, and and since then it's it's that position's evolved and I do a lot more in marketing and stuff now. It's it's kind of where I'd like to be. And it's a growing industry, and I love it. It's a great job.
0: It, how is that working for the for the, for the lottery commission there in Kansas? How, how is that?
1: It's it's pretty great. Um, the the obvious the obvious downside is I can't play the lottery or go to the casinos ah. here, but because um, they're all state ran. Yeah. But I didn't do that much anyway, especially casino stuff. It's not really my scene. Mm-hmm. But um, it's really fun. It's 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 a great. I, I work with some great people, uh, and getting to learn a lot about both marketing and public affairs and social media and work in all that. I really feel like it's preparing me for a big jump one day. Mm-hmm. So I am excited about what the future holds professionally for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Most definitely, man. Uh, and kind of want to touch these last two segments here, um, man, Arkansas, it seems like they, they, they've they had a streak streak of bad luck. Year after year after year. Um, I personally, uh I love Houston Nut. Honestly.
1: Oh, we're talking sports. Oh, you just meant the state in general. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, they've been pretty screwed <laughs> in just about every aspect. But <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, it's just like you can't catch a, break. you know, you know, another example. Mark-
1: I am in a in a unique position because I did cover the Razorbacks for a while exclusively. So
0: yeah, what 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 what's the deal? Is it just? uh I feel like. Like I see, I would see it sometimes. Oh, run, 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 run. Maybe we should pass a little bit. Or and well, then the defense, you know, it, it seems like it's something, you know, not all faces put together.
1: You have to kind of go back a bit, take a take a step in the way back machine mm-hmm. and uh, go back to uh the hire, the firing the firing of Petrino is kind of where people look back at mm-hmm. and say yeah this was this was the moment that Razorback football took a huge dive right. because like Houston Nutt had been consistently average mm-hmm. he had had a few peaks he had a few valleys mm-hmm. but overall he averaged like 7 wins yeah. a season yeah he should have been winning more games than that right. he had better he had better talent than that mm-hmm. he got out coached a lot but he also won games he had no business winning yeah um he that's just how he was um, he was not a bad coach. Uh, looking back now, I think a lot of every hog fan would say, boy, I kill for a seven win season right now. Mm-hmm. But, uh,
0: yeah, exactly.
1: mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people blame Jeff long. I don't, uh, they, they say that, cause you know, they, they get mad about Jeff for firing Petrino, but it's like he hired him in the first place. But, yeah. uh, there was the, the interim coach thing that didn't work with John L. Oh, Smith yeah. and then, and then bringing in Brett Bielema, yeah. uh, you know, people say, "Well, that didn't work," and it's like that is way too simplistic of a statement to say it didn't work because it's it's patently not true. Mm-hmm. The first season, sure, that was garbage. Right, he right. went like what two and two ten, and ten yeah. but he also he also inherited a team that hadn't had a head coach and therefore couldn't recruit for a whole season worth of crap. He comes in with like a month and a half to go, and he gets some big fish. He gets Hunter Henry. He gets mm-hmm. Alex Collins mm-hmm. out of Florida. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. he he gets he gets that offensive line together uh, and. And and his staff at the time included included you know current head coach Sam Pittman right. along with uh, a couple other good coaches and then some that were man but um the second season he goes from two and ten to seven and six right they with go a, to bowl, a bowl
0: they, they they beat Texas and then back to back I think they play Kansas State in the next year.
1: The next year they go eight and five right. and beat Kansas State in the bowl right. game. And now here's a fun fact: now that he's the first coach in Razorback history to win back-to-back bowl games. Oh,
0: interesting. Seemed like I remember them saying that, but it's been, wow. Granted,
1: back when Broyles and Holtz and and those guys were coach Hatfield, they didn't there weren't as many bowl games, right, so right. like you had to like win ten games to go to a exactly. bowl. But still, still a sobering fact to say that in 2014 and 2015 Mm -hmm. was the first time the Razorbacks had ever won consecutive back-to-back bowl games. And then the next year he was, he was a hair away from nine and four, Right? you know, they had the meltdown against Missouri and a meltdown in the bowl game against Virginia tech. They led him both those games at halftime. Mm -hmm. If he'd have won both those games, he'd have been nine and four. If he'd have just won one of those games, he'd have been eight and five again. Right. And uh, you know, so to say that he was not successful is not true. Yeah. What he was unsuccessful at, he had a great staff coming in mm-hmm. and he he made a few positive changes uh when chris Ash left, Rob Smith was an okay replacement for a while mm-hmm. uh he he kicked Cheney out uh, and he replaced him with Dan Enos, which was his best replacement hire for sure yeah and then then he lost, but he lost Charlie Partridge to be the head coach at like FAU or or one of the Florida schools. Partridge was a great recruiter, great defensive line coach. He replaced him with Rory Segrist, who was not a good recruiter and clearly not a great coach either. Um, he replaced Sam Pittman with Kurt Anderson, who had never been an offensive line coach before in college. Yeah. He had only been a grad assistant, and he had been a, an assistant to an assistant in the NFL. Um, and I think part of that was he was tired of going and getting these good coaches and then losing them to – you know the because Arkansas is what I would call a tier two program in football yeah it's it's a better I mean granted I seriously this last five years four years have done mm-hmm. so much damage to the program but still it's it's a tier two program tier one you're talking Bamas you're talking yeah. Georgia Notre Dame you know right now lSU you consider lSU that kind of I don't Auburn is a low end of the tier one. It's maybe a high tier two. And they fluctuate. Texas is tier yeah, one. They fluctuate. Yeah. Texas is a tier one, even though they can't seem to get their shit together. Right. USC, you know, those schools that like, they can just pay more than you, bro. Like if you have a good coach yeah. and they want that coach, they're probably going to get him right. Mm-hmm. Like Arkansas is on that second tier where it's like, this is a place where you can win. It's a place that can make you a lot of money. It's just kind of hard to recruit. It's got something about it Mm -hmm. that makes it harder. Mm -hmm. The in-state recruiting in Arkansas is bad. It's hard. So you're not going to be able to stock a team with Arkansas kids. It's kind of the same thing with Missouri. But Missouri also has Kansas City and St. Louis that they can recruit out of in-state. So um, Arkansas doesn't really have a major metro area. They have to go to Memphis and Tulsa and Kansas City and everything. But anyway, Mm -hmm. um, Chad Morris coming in. You don't fun f- just here. here's the thing you don't fire your athletic director he, this makes me so mad yeah. they fired jeff long which whatever mm-hmm. um probably should not have done that but they fired jeff long so they could they could offer gus Malzon 50 million dollars because there are still idiots in the state <laughs> that think that gus malzahn gives a hot shit about Arkansas. Right. He hates he hates you. Mm-hmm. He it's like it's the same way with the current president. You are an idiot if you think that he gives a shit about you. He could not care less about you. All he wants is that money. Right. And right. Gus Malzon for the third time mm-hmm. Leveraged Arkansas's interest to get a raise at Auburn. Exactly. And, and then we turn around and because I guarantee you, Gus, he told all of his old friends, Oh, yeah, if Arkansas would just, if they'd offer me this much, I would leave. I'm tired of the, the constant high expectations mm-hmm. and they're always wanting to fire me for winning nine games, mm-hmm. you know. And, and, and they said, Oh, we can offer him 50 million and he'll stay or I'll come here. And then he said, thanks guys. Hey, they offer me 50, you give me 50 million and $1. Yes. Well then I'll stay here. And, and that was, that was the end of it. And so now Auburn's locked into this contract with Gus, which is stupid, yeah. but um, we turned around and did not have an athletic director to do a coaching search now. And immediately we'd already, we'd already fired B. which again, whatever, he probably, you can make the case that he was definitely deserved to be fired at that mm-hmm. point. But, um, Now you don't have an AD or a head coach. And so what ends up happening is you have boosters and Razorback Foundation members out there trying to hire someone. And the story goes that I've heard Mm -hmm. is that uh, Stacey Lewis, the golfer from Arkansas, was in Dallas and got to know or recommended Chad Morris to Jerry Jones, Uh, who uh, then and it just kind of snowballed from there. And, you know, we should have hired my number one was either Kiffin or Norvell. I wanted either one of those two. Guys. Him,
0: yeah,
1: yeah, and so we go with Morris, a guy who doesn't even have a winning record and is never. <laughs> anyway, mm-hmm. he comes in and 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 I I really am hard pressed to think of a worse SEC coaching hire <laughs> in my lifetime. In my lifetime, yeah. In two years, he lost to multiple FCS schools. Right. Um, he never won a conference game. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, I, it, it was a disaster, yeah. and his coaching staff. He got hired by Auburn to be an offensive coordinator, right? And Justin Stepp, stayed, they, we kept him in Arkansas to recruit receivers because he might be the only person on that staff that knew what the fuck they were doing. Right. But outside of that, every coach on that roster or on that sta- on that staff, well, you know what, this, this isn't – and then Barry Lunny left when he didn't get the head coaching job. We were going to offer him to stay at tight ends, and he took uh, a job with another coach he, he had worked with at like UTEP or whatever Mm -hmm. as offensive coordinator. But every other coach on that staff took at least one step down, if not two. Like our, our offensive coordinator is now coaching like tight ends at UAB. Like it is just insane how far they all fell. Like, I mean, Chavis retired, like nobody would even touch him. So, you know, it was just the, the worst staff with a head coach in over his head. And the worst part was Ryan Mm -hmm. that for Morris, with Bielema, I could see that he wanted it. And he – he, he, he it, I mean, he made, he started
0: – He was heartbroken. Yeah.
1: He was heartbroken yeah. after – he was crying after some losses in that mm-hmm. second season. They were so close, yeah. man. One-point loss to Bama, yeah. four-point loss to this team. And they finally broke through with that LSU win and Ole Miss blowout and everything. Mm-hmm. And it was just the emotion was there. And then by the end, he was drinking himself to death out of the stress. Like he loved that job and he wanted it to yeah. work. I never got that vibe from Morris. And I don't think the players did either. I think Morris saw Arkansas as the next logical step in his Mm -hmm. Gus Malzahnian, you know, uh, uh, evolution into becoming the head coach at like Clemson when Dabo leaves or right. maybe Florida state somewhere like that, where he could go. And, 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 you know, I don't think he, I mean, shit, his family didn't even move here with him. They stayed in That's Texas. So he like fr- you know, he's
0: flying back and forth on Friday. Night. It's garbage. I see play- yeah. And it was just like, wow, you're not with your team in a way, you know, even though I know you can fly back, but yeah, it just doesn't seem like he was all in.
1: And then when he moved, you know everybody it's always fun to go look at when whenever you find out that the coach's house is for right, sale yeah, you can yeah. go on, you can go on zillow and look at it yeah yeah and and so you go on zillow and look at the house he was living in and it's like this seven bedroom McMansion and it's like you know his ass was just sitting in there every night alone yep. watching sports center in the dark you know yep. and i was like yeah i kind of felt bad for him but at the same time it's like you should have moved your kid up there man like i don't understand like he already was a four star quarterback like yeah. playing it Playing at is not gonna hurt him. Like, it's a good conference. Yeah. They're a good team. Like they'd be they'd be fine. Uh so yeah, I just I, I'm not a fan. And and now I already hated Auburn because of Gus. And now I've got double hate yeah. <laughs> for them. So, <laughs> them both, <though. laughs> and they're gonna beat the shit out of us this year. And I'm, I hate it. But like Morris is gonna do fine at Auburn as a coordinator because he's inheriting, you know, uh, a great offense. Right. So like, he could just walk in there as long as he doesn't try to try to actually develop anybody he should be fine
0: <laughs> I, I never forget that press, and, and i had to look it up and i, and I can never figure uh, like remember to save life for me but you know he was saying something about put the clutch in overdrive and uh-huh who's, who's gonna pull hammer, hammer
1: down road? hammer <laughs> down full yeah, tilt boogie you know yeah. left lane hammer down <laughs> you know i got i got kind of I guess popular on the Razorback subreddit because I was making gifts last season mm-hmm. that were making fun of Morris and stuff. Oh, and that was wow. yeah. that was a good time. Yeah. There's was. a lot of them on there. Oh, man.
0: What <laughs> and, and what's your what's your prediction of wins, losses, uh for the season?
1: I think their ceiling is probably two wins. Think- I mean, like they they could beat the Mississippi schools. Yeah. They're they're also in a rough way. Um but I mean honestly you know, Kiffin is inheriting a, a decent roster, uh, you know, Plumley mm-hmm. versus Koral or Corral, however you say his name. I mean, like I think you have to go with Plumley. <laughs> he yeah. the other guy's a better passer, but Plumley is just such a explosive running quarterback. I mean, he rushed, he set the SEC record for yards by a quarterback um for rushing. I mean, he rushed for like a thousand plus yards in eight starts or whatever. So he um I mean it's probably gonna be the guy kiffin's a good coach and i think that i mean and then you know not to knock on uh what's his leech either leech but but he's gonna have to he's he's not gonna have all the pieces in place for uh, an aired out attack he's gonna he's gonna be a lot like Mm -hmm. uh when he inherited a petrino offense it's like this this just isn't what i want to do you know so um yeah but i I think we can beat those two teams and i think we also have uh, Kentucky, maybe from the East and, and uh, they're, they're beatable, but right. they're not the same team they were last year, but they're, it's still, it's rough, man. It's, it's, uh, the, I think they said the toughest schedule in the it's country, the one of the toughest the of all time. Saturday, yeah. man,
0: you get done with those non-conference and, and man, you hit hit that meat of the schedule.
1: Uh, and so we don't even get the non-cons. We don't get the Nevadas and the, stuff. It's just 10 SEC games, yeah, you know, and yeah, yeah. start off September 26th versus freaking Georgia because, uh, they basically took – they gave us Georgia and Florida, right? Or, yeah, yeah, or, was yeah, that the a, two teams? A, yeah, exactly. So now, they basically just took us and fed us to the two teams. They were like, these two teams are going to be competing for yeah. a playoff spot, so we don't want to give them like a tough team from the West. Uh, we want to make uh, sure they can be a playoff contender. Right, right. So, you never
0: know what could happen in those SEC games, man.
1: Uh, you just – never- I know what's going to happen <laughs> in those SEC <laughs> games. They're going to beat the shit out of us. <laughs> 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 I mean, I think we should be a little bit better in terms of coaching. We have Felipe Frank. Franks who you have watched oh, play Oh yeah we it,
0: know him quite well yeah
1: and and look Franks Franks isn't he's not a first round draft pick but he's a damn sight better than Nick Starkle <laughs> and uh so you know yeah. it's Frank's can play. Frank's he's got, he's got some
0: mobility. I mean, for what I he's
1: remember, got mobility, he's got he's got a cannon. He can't yeah. aim worth he a shit, came. but he can put it downfield. I, I, remember, you I remember he
0: won that game Tennessee against Tennessee a few oh, years ago. Classic. Yeah, I mean, I was just like, what? No, like what a
1: gun. He he threw that off off a step too. Yeah. Uh, he that uh, was that was a gun. And yeah, I mean, and that's the thing It's the one thing you can say about. Uh, Morris is that he he got athletes. He recruited some athletes, right. and Arkansas's receiving core is incredibly underrated. Um, with Knox and Burks and those and Woods, those three guys right there are just get them a quarterback that can give them a chance. Yeah. That's what I couldn't understand about Morris's offense was that you've got these three, all three of those guys are six three or taller. They're all two hundred and ten pounds or heavier. They are go up and get the ball receivers, and you're running slants. Mm-hmm. Because you don't, because your offensive line is trash, and you don't, you don't scheme against anything. Why don't you take a three step and just float yeah, it? Just yeah, see what happens. Yeah. Like you're, you're fucking one and you're one <laughs> and eight, man. Float it. Like try it. I don't understand. I don't either, man. So, try
0: some. You yeah. know, it's not gonna hurt. I mean, it, I mean, I just, yeah. I I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't get it. Uh, just try it, see what happens. But I don't know if they, like, what you got to lose? You know?
1: Yeah. At that point, nothing. Yeah, yeah. Literally nothing. So I. He sucked. Yeah, yeah, man. Well, uh,
0: <laughs> well, man. Uh, yeah, this last five minutes, um, man. Just from last year, twenty nineteen, and you know, we we lost um, my my wife's mom at the end of January twenty nineteen, and it just got progressively like worse and worse. And then we were like, oh yeah, twenty twenty. You know, we got married. About yeah, months, this, gonna, you know, be this gonna be my year. And man, um, <laughs> and your mom just just talk to us a little bit. Um, yeah. I like I say um i saw what my my wife went through um it it just and, and it, it was unexpected uh but i know it's a little different situation Talk to us a little bit about that um you know the the the, the covid virus and then yeah man it just it just yeah,
1: yeah it's it, it was rough <laughs> um, my parents got covid at the same time <laughs> they started experiencing symptoms at the same <laughs> time um I, if i pull up a calendar here <laughs> at this point they would have been symptomatic around, they probably got it around July 15th. They started getting symptoms on the 19th, which is a Sunday. Mm. And then they made it actually like they maybe okay, I'm sorry. They probably got it on the eighth and started having symptoms on the 12th. The week of the 13th, they were at home. They wrote it out for a while and my dad started getting better. Mom kept getting worse. And then on the, Mm -hmm. on the 20th, they took dad, took her to the hospital and her oxygen levels were under 50. Mm -hmm. So they, took her to the COVID ICU in Conway. Mm-hmm. And then she was down there just on a CPAP from the 21st to the 23rd. And then at like 5 a.m. on Friday, the 24th, they put her on a ventilator and then she never got off. Of it. Ha- she passed on the, four, on the, the 14th of and, August.
0: And, and 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 my mom knows a little bit like uh, she's thinking like the doctors up here in Little Rock are pretty good. Well, I, I know we were almost questioning, was there any reason – they brought her to Conway and not. Yeah.
1: My dad didn't want her in Russellville. The, the, I don't want to get into that necessarily, right, right, but um, they, he, it was either Russellville or Conway. And, and dad was like, take her to right. Conway. And, and I got to say they, the Conway uh, Baptist folks at, at the COVID ICU, there were uh, incredible right. to my family. Mm-hmm. Um, they were, they were great. Yeah. And they did everything they could for mom, for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, yeah. COVID COVID's is a, a real bitch. Mm-hmm. And you know, my mom, people, Oh man. Yeah. I, I've got a lot of anger. I actually, I mean, I've started therapy because oh, wow. of this, because I, I, I just, I'm not processing it well because a, it was unexpected. Like you yeah, said, yeah. but B I just, I get so mad. Yeah. Um, because there's a lot of people and we're from the south, mm-hmm. you know, so there's a lot of people that have really, really just dug in yeah. to, to the Trumpy nonsense yeah. is what I call yeah. it about COVID, mm-hmm. which we find out today mm-hmm. that uh, Bob Woodward has Trump on tape from uh, March saying that, oh, yeah, this, this is a really bad disease, but I'm going to play it down. And I'm going to keep playing it down. And him playing it down is the reason that so many people in Arkansas weren't wearing masks up until about July. Right. They weren't social distancing mm-hmm. up until then. And then we had the explosion in mm-hmm. cases that got my mom sick mm-hmm. and she died. Mm-hmm. So I am furious yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah. And uh, but because I went home for the last time I saw my mom was Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. We went home mm-hmm. uh, to pick up my dog because mm-hmm. we had bu- gotten a puppy. Right. And that's the only time I saw her in 2020 because I didn't mm-hmm. want to go home and risk getting her sick. Yeah. And so um, when I was home for Memorial Day, I went to I went to Walmart to get some groceries. We were going to cook on the mm-hmm. grill. And uh, nobody was in mass except for me. And there were people giving me weird looks. Wow. And meanwhile, here in Lawrence, uh-huh. everyone was already. In yeah, you, gotta... you know, we were taking it way more seriously. Mm-hmm. And I it just blew my mm-hmm. mind. Mm-hmm. And and then for those <laughs> a lot of those same people to be like, oh, I'm. Your mom was such a great lady, and it's like, yeah, well, you fucking killed her, so mm-hmm, thanks. Mm-hmm. So like, I just get, I get, I get really mad, I'm, and it's not healthy to think like that. So yeah. I, um, that's, but that's, I can't help myself. I get mad about I, it, and, and, uh, and so yeah, mad. she, the,
0: he, I've gotten mad too. I just, and, and I'm yeah. like, if we find out who's really behind it, I think people are gonna be, like, like it, 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 it they would just rip somebody's bones apart. It, it, yeah, it, you know, I, the, I feel like there's something. And I've still stuck by I was like, I, I just feel so, something's behind like
1: one of one of the things about <laughs> it that, that makes it so tough that I think people can't understand it is they can't like my mom was in the COVID ICU. I never got to see her. Right. You can't go in and you can't, you can't go, and go in and see her. Yeah. Um if you could see what this does to the body mm-hmm. physically, it'd probably change a lot of people's tune. Yeah. If you could see what it's like to have somebody be on a vent for three weeks, mm-hmm. what it does to their mouth and their throat what it does that when especially, and then all of a sudden your kidneys start shutting down and your oh, heart shutting way. down and your lungs are rock hard and they're doing dialysis on you every day, pulling four liters of fluid off of you every day, mm-hmm. trying, trying like hell to get your body to catch yeah. up and knowing it's not going to happen, but you can't see that, mm-hmm. right? You don't get to, you don't get to witness it. Like you do leukemia, like you do mm-hmm. cancer or whatever else. I, I think that that would change a lot of people's tune if they could see what my mom looked like at the end, because buddy, it was rough. And yeah. uh, I got to say, <clears throat> I just uh, so I, I, I get real mad about it. But my mom was was just an amazing lady. Yeah. And and thank you, guys. By the way, I got your we got your card as well. Yeah. So thank you for that. I was going to tell you that. But, after the show, <laughs> but thank you very much for sending that. It was very sweet. And, uh, you know, she she just, uh, you know, she was it's unfair. That's the thing yeah. that really gets yeah. me is that she wore a mask everywhere. Cause mm-hmm. me and my brother really harped on them to take it seriously. And she probably got sick. It sounds like going to the doctor's office for her back, God, yeah. um, in little rock. Oh. And, uh, mm-hmm. so that was, um, that's the thing is that she wore a mask there too. It's just something that couldn't be helped. Mm-hmm. And, um, meanwhile, there are people out there licking eyeballs and shit that haven't gotten sick. And it just, it just pisses me off. And yeah. I, I, I really can't get on social media anymore because all I want to do is like cuss people out right. and, um, and I can't, I shouldn't do that. I don't want to be that guy. Mm-hmm. I actually took, I actually took uh, a break. That was my new year's resolution mm-hmm. last year was I'm gonna, I'm going to stop dunking on people on social yeah. media. I'm just going to disengage. Yeah. And it made me a lot happier <laughs> that I wasn't reading the comments anymore. Yeah. Uh, but I've been pulled back. It's an election year. My mom got COVID and passed. My dad got COVID and got real damn sick. My uncle got COVID and was real damn sick. And so, um, yeah, it was, it's a lot. I mean, and so I, I really can't emphasize it enough that um, if you, if you don't take this disease seriously, it's coming for you yeah. and yeah. it's not, it is not a good way to go. Yeah. It is a slow, slow, familyless, lonely, uh, unconscious on a ventilator death. And it's there are there are definitely worse ways to go, but there there's definitely way better ways to come too. And yeah. that is it's just it's rough, you know, it's it's rough to have your dad because they let my dad in there while she was dying. Oh, wow. Um, because he had already had COVID, yeah. so he still had antibodies and right. stuff. So have your dad hold a cell phone to your mom's ear, mm. um, so that you she's unconscious, but you can say goodbye. Now imagine that without a dad who they're letting in who's already had COVID because I have a really good friend that is a COVID ICU doctor and he holds the phone to people's ears while they die. So their family members can say goodbye she, she. and, and wrap wrap head right around that. Yeah. And they realize that we're about to hit 200,000 deaths in this yeah. country alone and how many widows and how many, how many orphans, how many families have been devastated by this. And then to have people get on social media and, and or have people, I've had people ask me to my face, what pre-existing conditions my mom had that made her die of COVID, oh, and one person I said, "Well, she had the condition of being fucking alive before she had it, and then she got it, and then she died." Do you have any other questions? I hope not. And and I was just so mad. Yeah. And it's like you don't. It's just like the ugh, that just makes me so angry, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and like I, yeah. I mean, here I am, I'm, I'm ranting about it now, and I, it feels good to rant, honestly. Yeah. But like, it's just it, it blows my mind yeah. the the way that people are pretending this is like the flu or something when it clearly is not. Yeah. And I just, I hope no one else has to go through what we're going through because like, it's, it's pretty devastating to watch your dad at 62 or three sixty three 63 years old, you know, become a sudden widow mm-hmm. after, you know, my, oh mom retired. Actually, this is, and this is the last thing I'll say mm-hmm. about just to add, add another layer of shit to this cake. Mm-hmm. Mom retired in May. Mm-hmm. After 33 years of teaching, she got her first retirement check uh, while she was on the ventilator. Mm. So she never even got to cash that, you know, never got never got to use any of that retirement she had built up. So it's it's I mean, it's it's just a devastating thing to have people poo poo it like that on social media and in my face and Mm. stuff is is so infuriating so um don't do it to me if you see me if you follow me on insta or something don't bring it up because i'll be a dick i'm sorry
0: man (laughs) man, and 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 yeah i not that i understand but but man that that, and that's totally fine like somebody's got to know okay the the suffering somebody goes through is probably one of the worst things um you know you can go through And, and speaking of retirement like jennifer's mom she she retired like okay so this is march of 2018 and mm-hmm. then, um, uh, what was it? Uh, five months later, gets her her house. She's been one always. And then uh, January, you know, uh, twenty nineteen. Then I mean, it was just, you know, it's one one of the worst things, you know.
1: How did she? How did she pass?
0: Um. So, well, um.
1: And we don't have to. We don't have to yeah, get into yeah, it if you don't it, want
0: to. It's so weird. Like, so she was supposed to go to lunch with. Um, a friend of hers, uh, my wife got a call while she's in a massage. saying, you know, have you talked to your mom or anything? You know, she said no. What's going on? She said, well, she was supposed to, you know, meet you know, meet me out for lunch. Well, she, my wife, called her brother. He went over there, and uh, you know, they got in. They called uh, the fire and rescue. They busted in through the back, and he said, I don't care about the door. We need to get in and find out what's going on. And now uh, she was laying in the floor um I, I don't know if she if she had a heart attack if, if she um i know she had a little bit going on at the end of 2018 um just uh health uh i mean she had beat cancer twice as well yeah so um i, I just man it's it, it's crazy it, it, it was
1: it's the sun. the sudden loss too is yeah. what that's that's really rough. Yeah. Um, and then having to do a funeral and stuff in COVID times is was tough mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Um, so but yeah, it's terrible. I'm sorry about yeah, that. I, I remember that happening, but you know, I I wasn't super engaged with it. Right. I don't know. I just I'm not good at that kind of stuff. Yeah. but
0: yeah, I, <laughs> I get it, man. I get it. But uh, man, condolences to your family. Uh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, appreciate you being on, man. Appreciate everything. Uh, hopefully, we get to see you here soon.
1: Yeah, uh I'm trying to think. Have you had Ian on here yet? I have
0: not had Ian. Hopefully I'll have him um pretty soon. Hopefully we can link up and, and I can get him on here.
1: I'm gonna call Ian now. and needs to come on because I mean that's yeah. talk about having a cool story to tell. He's he's got yeah. a cool cool and, setup right now, man. Yeah,
0: because uh we actually went to his um like a going away deal and um Actually, it was over here at uh, Rebel Kettle. That's now East 6th Street uh, bre- Brewing Company. But, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, man.
0: and uh, yeah, we saw him. Yeah, because I, I texted him because I'm just interested in just getting, you know, it, it, getting everybody on here to speak. And it's been easier, uh, man, just remotely because it's, and I tell anybody, it's the hardest thing to try to lock someone down, you know. And, well, then we're going <laughs> to do it in my house. We're going to do it your house. You know, now I can just. Not yeah, really I,
1: right I understand completely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, man. Um, but yeah, like I say, uh, and, and it's one of those things and I'll, I'll, I'll leave with this. Um, I, I know one time, um, uh, my mom's fourth grade teacher, uh, she was up here in little rock and, um, I, you know, I kept saying I was going to go see her. She was like in like a hospice facility, if you will. And I remember coming back in, uh, I was out somewhere and she called me, and she was like, "Hey, have you seen Miss Brown?" And I was like, "No, I was about to." Why? And she said, "Well, she passed away." And I, I almost made a pact after that happened, like to go see somebody if they were, you know, deathly sick or something. Yeah. And that's why I sent you that message. I was like, and I, I meant that, I, you know. I just hate nobody could go there to see her or anything, and and I did that just crushed. You know, I got on Facebook and I saw Derek had posted that photo from your rehearsal, Mm -hmm. and and I me I knew something was. I was like, well, why would he would you know, or maybe you know she's out you know or some made a, a recovery, and then I text Marcus and 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 this is the way it came out from me, and you know I said did did Aunt Terry uh pass away and he and and uh, Marcus said yeah she uh, lost her bad battle with COVID and he said that sent the time and I was I just I just stopped I almost just stopped like I'd seen a ghost or something you know yeah. and I just couldn't and I take uh, and I called my mom and, and she was crying and you know everything and she usually anytime somebody calls say oh you know, this person passed away, she, you know, say a prayer, but yeah, she was, she was tearing up, you know, cause, um, I know we're not so much close, but I know me and Marcus are, you know, we're, we've been, yeah, we've been friends since we were in the fourth grade, but it, and I kind of treat this with everybody. Now, as I got older, you're kind of family as well. And, and, yeah, and so we, we, in a sense, that's what like I said, my mom, she, she, she was crying and, and solemn, you know, and. And I just, I was like, man, you know, think about you guys, just, you know, and everything. So, uh,
1: yeah. Yeah, it it was, you know, it's, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's been a lot of teachers actually uh, who have told or either told me or told mm-hmm. um, my dad that mm-hmm. they've decided to either retire now mm-hmm. or at the end of the mm-hmm. year because, you know, they're like, why am I still doing yep. this, you yep. know? Um, during COVID times, A, and then whenever I've already got enough, uh, you know, retirement saved up, I should be fine. I've just been scared to retire. But like now, it's like, man, I, I, you should be scared to be working. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because yeah. Yeah. my mom is only 57. You know, she was not elderly mm-hmm. and her pre I like you were talking about with your mother-in-law my mom had beaten cancer that was probably her biggest pre-existing condition and if if being a cancer survivor is enough to make someone say well she had a pre-existing condition well then like dude shit like that's not really fair to right. say you know like that's those uh, those people but um yeah i mean it's it's just a lot uh so yeah.
0: Yeah, unbelievable, man. Well, appreciate you coming on and, and sharing those stories, man. I enjoyed it. Uh this'll be up probably sometime tomorrow. Um, uh, we gotta do a pre-show. But uh yeah, this is for your mom, man. I know I gave her a shout out a couple of episodes ago, beginning I caught my pre-hype show, my pre-show or whatever. Uh <laughs> said a few words on there. But yeah, man, uh just a great lady, great woman. I know, just always hospitable. The few times I saw her, and it would usually be at your grandma's house uh hope we get to see her too uh when this is over but j- just you come from a great family man all the way from the top to the bottom
1: thanks yeah. and i i appreciate it and i'm I'm really happy to see you you know doing so well here with the podcast and yes, stuff it's, it. it's podcasting is a lot of fun and this was a good this is a good time and i'll I'll give you a, a uh i'm you know i've been listening to a lot of music lately. <laughs> Uh, try to, it helps me yeah. with coping. And, stuff. Right. and there's a great song by Todd Snyder okay. who offers his, his seminal album, the East Nashville skyline called enjoy yourself. And it, it makes me think of mom. Uh, it says, enjoy yourself. It's later than you think. Enjoy yourself while you're still in the pink. Cause the years go by as quick as a wink. So enjoy yourself. Cause it's later than you think. So, you know, if there's something out there you're wanting to do, mm-hmm. do it. Don't, don't put it off guys. Cause you just never know. That's
0: yeah, true, man. We'll end on that. Man, Corey Thone, appreciate you being on Happy Hour with Ryan, man. And uh, take it easy. And, again, uh, thoughts and condolences with you guys at this time, and we'll be in touch.
1: Thanks, man. All I appreciate right, it. Man,
0: take care.